Welcome to another episode of Between You and Me. Uh, I am joined by the homies, uh, Paul, Mark, uh, and Michael. And I'm not going to give them nicknames because this is a serious topic. Uh, we were going to uh, review Space Force this week, but with current events going on, it will be irresponsible to just ignore everything and say, oh, Space Force. Uh, mm-hmm. So as we all know what's going on in the world, uh, just... I guess we're just, you already know, we're talking about George Floyd. You, know, you already said, you can tell by the, the, the tone yeah. of my voice and it, it's just too much shit going on in this world. Right. Um, I, I think it's like, it's definitely one of those things where you really hope that you don't have to make episodes like this. Um, but when things like this happen, it's, they're necessary. You don't really, it's not really much of a choice in my opinion. It's, it just has to happen. Right, like y'all know me, I love being goofy. I don't like being serious. <laughs> Uh, that's the last thing I want to do is be serious. I won't, <laughs> but uh, when times what? like this arise, <laughs> when, time... <laughs> Sorry, <what was> that? <laughs> when times like this arise, we, we got to talk about it because that's the thing that I feel like most people don't have is conversations <laughs> as, as much as a conversation going to hurt uh, or be uncomfortable. But this is a conversation that we got to have. Yeah. I. I feel like a lot of times, uh, at least for me, I try to like turn my, like try not to look at the news or like read anything because a lot of things just kind of serve to make you unhappy. And sometimes you have to take yourself away from the world in order to like truly be happy about certain things because there's always, there are always terrible things that are happening. But there are certain, there are certain situations and a lot of things where you you have to speak up and you can't really turn a blind eye to things. Right, and if you've been living under a rock where you're uh, staying away from the news, um, we brought up George Floyd, who is an African-American man um, who supposedly was spending a counterfeit 20. Uh, Somehow this led to uh, several police officers, four to one, uh, having him arrested on the ground, and one officer was named David Chauvin, AKA the- Uh, Chauvin, yeah. Yeah, uh, Mm. he had had his knee on this man's neck for eight minutes and 46 seconds. Um, and, after and he, he was cuffed. <laughs> after he was cuffed. You know what's crazy to me? Like, honestly, I haven't had the heart to watch the whole video because I just, it's heartbreaking. I, but I, um, I've only been able to watch the beginning of the video. I haven't yeah. been able to watch the whole thing either. It, it, it's heartbreaking. But it's like from the pictures and like the little bit of video I've seen, it seemed like it was another day at the office for this man. Like, it was just like, oh, he'll be okay. It's just like, it's just a need and that. Like, it just seemed like he had no compassion or remorse. And that's kind of what broke my heart. Like, that's a human being. Like, what's good with you? He looks like a, he looks like a hunter that was posing with their game or something right. like that. Like, yeah, and it. it's not like you put your knee on his neck for a moment or a minute. Eight minutes is like a long time to do anything right. for. Almost ten minutes, consistently. One time. Like, so you like I can't right there, keep dude. my hand raised in oh the air God, for eight minutes straight. Right, and, and you, honestly, had, you had your knee on someone's neck for that long. Honestly, mm-hmm. eight minutes and forty-six seconds. You might as well say nine minutes. Yeah, you mm-hmm. might as well. Like that shit. Like the That's fact that he had an, his knee on his man's neck, and the other three officers like nothing to see here. What you talking? Well. <laughs> what you talking? Um, like. Uh, and I, I come to find out that the money was good. He was good for the money. Yeah. 
so what's all this about yeah so this this really progressed like um this after that happened um there's been a lot of peaceful protests after the fact but you know the rioting and looting has also happened as a result of that and it's weird because this is this has been going on for a long time uh honestly since back with Trayvon died but this is the first like time like where I guess I I feel like as an adult living through this um Mm -hmm. seeing people upset like visually trying to like find meaning in all this and trying to really like have their voices heard in these situations yeah and and to kind of not necessarily contradict what you said I, I know when you say that you're talking about like the uproar that it's been that has been made about it, especially like when it comes yeah. to being able to see a lot of this stuff. Um, but this isn't new. Like Rodney King yeah. happened decades ago. Like this, yeah. these are not things that are. These are things that yeah, are being brought right. to the light and are being seen by a different audience. But they're not new. Like I speak to my, I speak to my dad, and I know a lot of people who have dads that are black or moms that are black. Um, can say, or have grown up in rougher neighborhoods, can say that they've seen things like this in the past. And without cell phone cameras, these things would happen and no one would ever speak about it. And it was it was just another day in the office. This was a normal thing. Um, but now now people are being able to see it and an entire new audience has been able to like, see what's happening. And they are justifiably enraged, as I know a lot of people have been for a long time. And it's making a lot of people uncomfortable too. Like um, the people that aren't enraged by it, like the people, like unfortunately on the other side of the spectrum, they get uncomfortable by it because this is stuff that we've been talking about for years. I mean, did something at work happen today that was kind of like, okay, we definitely need to talk about this more. Cause like my supervisor, who's very like, uh, I think this strong-minded probably problematic individual um he he went to me and another black supervisor and he was like you know paul and ron i want to ask you guys about this and i was like oh no i do not want to have this conversation (laughs) yeah he was saying like would it be racist or is it wrong for a white person to not go to the to the protest or whatever or something like that like is it wrong to not go i was like um i don't know it's like a loaded thing or there people telling you you should go or like it's, it's, uh, it was just a lot yeah it was, it was a lot of stuff going it, on. it does it seems like a lot to put on one person of a race to you know be the bizarre to tell you what is and what isn't racist yeah i'm like uh, first guy i don't know it, it, to me, it seems like the conception of the question was already flawed. Like, it seemed problematic as a joke, you know? Yeah, it, oh yeah, my man's was ma- mad problematic. Like, uh, we had a conversation about, uh, we, we had like a transgender supervisor, I guess, mm-hmm. and like two other supervisors, one was Ron, who I was talking to, they were asking like, you know, what, what would be a proper way, like, like as far as like pronouns, they're asking about pronouns and stuff. I was like, I don't know. I mean, it's usually they, them, unless they have a preference, then you go by whatever they say their preference is and then just go with that. And then he jumped in after that. And that, that he, that's when he got all heated because he was like, oh, well, I grew up, the, 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 like he was just 
just be mad problematics. I just don't get it. I was just I, trying to bring reason. I think, <laughs> so I think, uh, kind of like looping this back to where we were before, I think the problem, like, to me, seems to be people who are in circles where they only speak to other people who are like themselves. Um, and when I say that, I mean, like, who kind of, you know, there are echo chambers in this world and there are a lot of people who like speak out loud and they only hear the same opinions being repeated back to them. And mm-hmm. I think, I think the, the turning point for me where I said personally that I think it's a good idea to make this, uh, I think it's a really good idea for us to make this episode was when I thought there are people out there who really don't listen or don't, that aren't aware of everything that's going on, especially if they don't have people around them that like, you know, who personally feel very strongly about this in the opposite direction. And if we can get our opinions out and our thoughts out there to anyone that needs understanding, who needs it to be explained to them how like horrifying and like hopeless it can feel to see something like this for a black person or any person of color, then it's something that's worth making. It can be very annoying to feel as though you have to be the person who explains racism and social injustice to the world or to a certain group of people. But like, at the same time, they're like, it does take a little bit of patience with certain people who Mm. grew up a certain way, who are open to learning, but might not necessarily learn as quickly as we want them to. But that's the important part, the fact that they're open to learning. Yeah, the guy did seem, I, w- I won't say like more open, but he did appreciate the conversation, I realized, because I tried not to be like angry as far as like, and I, I know that's like already kind of problematic because like people have a right to be angry when, around that t- those type of people. But like, I realized like the environment I'm in at my job and, you know, I want these conversations to be had because I think it's kind of a long time coming that the diversity there isn't that good. <laughs> as far as management, I should say, like, yeah, there's a lot of people of color that work there, but the people in positions that matter, maybe not so much. Um, so I don't know. I think it's good to have those conversations in those spaces, you know, when they're asking for it, because Lord knows they'll never ask for it again. So <laughs> try and get it in when you can. And it's, I think it's interesting in particular that you bring up go that you bring up your, your work environment because that's like what's been for me the toughest, like part of the toughest part about this is really getting myself up to go to work for people who want to act as though nothing's happened. Yeah. Um, and that, and that's, that's, that's really hard that there are so many people who act as though like the, everything's the same. Um, Especially, especially for me in my job, where it's like I work with my with Lockheed Martin. It's a company that does work doing defense contracts. So you can kind of think of us as a person who, as a, a company that does work for the government. Especially when the government is the head of the government is saying things that I don't agree with. And it's like, how do I get myself yeah. to work for a company that is doing things for a, a person who's saying things that I don't agree with? Yeah, that's actually a really good conversation to have. Like, it's it's like really a whole other thing. Yeah, and honestly, I think it's taken like other individuals like myself that are in similar situations 
and allies of people like me who are in these situations, like having conversations with one another, like say, whether it's one of my friends that's also black and works for the company, like us having a conversation about like how we feel or people who are allies just reaching out and emailing me when I haven't spoken to them in months and saying like, hey, I know this must be difficult for you. It takes things like that for me to like really like open my laptop and still work because you know I have to work. I I need money, but like <laughs> it's still difficult. It's still hard. I've had a couple of uh, Caucasian folks saying, "Hey man, I know your plight must be real right now, but just know I love you." <laughs> I love you, brother. <laughs> like oh, okay, I appreciate you, man. Now it, I feel like this situation. It's almost like the straw that broke the camel's back in many ways. Um, it's something that, unfortunately, happens all the time, but we've become insensitive to in certain aspects. And this one's like, all right, this is blatant. This, this shit is fucking blatant. And then, did y'all hear about the um, coroner's report? No. Um, said, I've heard conflicting things about the coroner's report. I heard, um, apparently, there's two opinions. First opinion said that he had underlying heart conditions. Um, and oh, was this about the thing that he was suicidal or something like that before then? Or I didn't hear that am I missing something else? It said that he I had like, drugs else. in him and that he had underlying heart conditions. So it wasn't the knee on the neck. No, 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 no. No, it was his heart. I mean, the knee on the neck was illegal anyway, so it doesn't even matter. And that's the thing. Like, we go jump hoops just to justify this stuff. Like, I mean, let's, let's be completely frank. If we're saying a history of heart, like having personal heart disease and a history of family heart disease is like enough of a reason, then literally every black person in the world can get their, like get someone's knee on their neck and die. Like a history of heart disease. I, like, I'd be hard pressed to find a black family that doesn't. <laughs> and you know what? It's just like how sensitive that is. Like, how, like to look in, like, that's the thing. Like they, they dig into information like that because they don't want it to be their fault. Like, it has to be some other reason besides the illegal thing that they did. <laughs> like, the knee was illegal. It's not even right. like, oh, he shouldn't have done it. Like, he can't do that. Like, that's not something you're allowed to do as an officer. 100%. And of course, and, they put the coronavirus in it, too. Apparently, he was saying oh, something that he tested positive for it? Of course. The officer is a guy. The, uh, George Floyd. Oh my god, what a, what a shit day. I, I know that's like, holy shit, that's, that's not good. It's, and further, um, it's, not only was it illegal, it's just, it's so painful to like sit there and uh, to watch even part of the video and see those other officers that just like watch. They're just hovering around. And it's funny because I was watching a video earlier today that was talking about like the legal obligations that those officers had. And like they have no obligation to stop another officer from doing something like that that they, they they don't have to stop him legally and that just seems problematic in itself like we can't trust the police to police themselves and who do you call the cops on when it's the cops committing the crime like right. it's 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 really bad especially when they work with the law offices every day like yeah. like they know those people they they may not be friends with everybody in the law offices but the fact that like like when you work with people every day, like you may not be friends with everyone, but you're familiar with everyone. So it's like yeah. just the you're familiarity with everybody like has leniency to it. You know? and it's like carrying like, over into over everyday life too, because it's like, damn, if I see a cop behind me, 
I'm an African American man with, with locks. They gonna assume I'm selling drugs. I have weed on me. Oh fuck! But then like the, the, the men's. I hope you don't live in Philly. Yeah, <laughs> little, little, little do they know that literally a, a, any amount of he will like clap Elijah up for the rest of his life. Facts, I gotta have this on me a twenty four seven. His asthma will have none of that. Oh, uh, you know what's funny? I was talking to to a dude at work today. Um, he he's. He used to be a cop, but he's still cop. I think he used to be a cop, but you like um. So he was saying like, you know, it's crazy. Like the states isn't even uniform and like like weed laws, for example, right? Like so like, but if you live in Vegas like your whole life, you're used to weed being legal, and like you go to Philly, and like you get locked up for that. Like that's crazy. Like, like even little stuff like that, where them trying to legalize weed when you know there's people in jail now for non-violent offenses of just having like some weed on them and they're not getting released anytime it's, soon like a little shit like that like holy shit it's crazy <laughs> it's the hypocritical world that we live in right now god forbid it got planted on you <laughs> also apologies michael we've been taking over the conversation i'm sorry bro which, which... sorry michael no 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 um you know what? I was telling Mark right before we started, I feel like in conversations as sensitive as this, sometimes it's more important for someone like me to just listen and not always have something to say. Um, I do have things to say, but it's just like I'm just enthralled listening to you guys talk about this, so I'm more than willing to just keep doing that. Well, we value your opinion too, bro. Yes, we do. All right. Um. So, the, the first thing that I think of right now, um, and I don't talk about it a lot, is so back in 2006, I had a, a cousin who was shot and killed by police. He was shot 55 times. It was just com- complete police brutality. It was unnecessary. Um, and that was a life loss. And. A lot of my family now this bandwagon and try and, and shut it down, the whole Black Lives Matter thing. Because, you know, it can happen to anyone like it happened to my cousin. And I just wish that I could make them kind of see. It's like, yes, this happened to my cousin and that's tragic. And it can happen to anyone. But in my mind, it, it just kind of like forces me to say, you know, if this can happen to my white cousin for no reason, like imagine what this could be doing. Like, actually, I don't even have to imagine what it could be doing to, to people of color or African-Americans. It is. It's happening a lot. It's happened more times than I can count in the last five years. But there are people like that who, you know, find their own narrative and they run with it and there's nothing you can say or do to convince them and it's it's tragic that we have to even be put in these situations like that where we're just uh, completely divided it's it's a reality but it's frustrating to me that it feels as though being born a black man means that you un- like unintentionally signed a contract that your life will be more risky than it will be if you were anyone else um, not necessarily, when I say anyone else, I don't mean everyone else. I mean versus the majority. And I think about it because I remember growing up and 
Carlton, my stepdad, grew up in the Bronx. He always told me um, that one of the main things, one of the first things to do is when you're in a situation where there are police that are very prominent, just coming from where, is to talk to them. The idea was that if you talk to the police, if you have a conversation with them before anything happens, that they will remember that you spoke to them so that they won't see you as just another black face. They will remember you as, oh, that's the kind black man spoke to me earlier. It's like, speak to them with respect, speak to them politely. So anything was to happen, they will remember who you were. Automatically assume that you're just another black face. And it's something that I think about a lot because that wasn't, it wasn't like there was anything specific that happened that made that conversation happen. It was just a part of growing up. It was like, as you get older, this is just like, just like we have the talk. It's like, here's the other talk this needs to happen. And it's frustrating because people will say things like this will happen to everyone. This can happen to everyone. Please brutalize anyone. And that's true. But why do I feel like, why do people of color feel the need to have this conversation? Like it is an inevitability that you will run into a situation like this. It feels normalized. Like Right, it is normalized. It's like expect yeah. this situation to happen once in a while. And if and when this situation happens, make sure you do this so that you don't end up being another name on the long list of people who have died for basically living. First of all, I want to say, I really want to appreciate Michael's points and his perspective on this because I like like he was saying like sometimes it just it just feels like sometimes you just want to listen. Like I I really just wanted to listen to him talk because I was really interested in what you were saying. Um, and Mark as well too. And like, it just made me like this whole situation, I've just been thinking a lot about like my responses and like how I feel in these instances, because like, unlike a lot of other people, I wasn't really that, not, not to say not motivated, like during this whole situation, but I think this is the first time where this has happened and I wasn't like enraged. Like I used to be like a super like, online warrior like trying to like go out and like going out in public and doing stuff and like doing all these things but like this is the first time where like i saw the footage and i didn't even finish it and it was this weird complacent sadness that i had in me of eh, yeah here we go again in america yeah and that normalcy that we're talking about like these conversations the the make sure you're introducing yourself like as this is something i've realized too like just like people lack familiarity with each other like all these conversations that we're having now the conversation i was talking about with with um the supervisor like can all be boiled down to if you just talk to people and listened listen not like be ready to say your point or be ready to say your 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 situation so that way you can get brownie points for your yeah i suffer too like no just listen to the other person like have, be open to learning something and i think we can avoid a lot of these situations because these cops you know and it's not all of them and i won't i won't say it's not all of them but i also think like there's just a lack of familiarity from from these guys sometimes like i think they distance themselves from these communities and they just think we're a threat. 
So they're just trying to neutralize a threat instead of thinking of us as a community that they have to protect. Like I, I never feel protected by officers. I get like, even when I was like a kid, like when I was like, uh, I used to work at Applebee's like in, when I was driving like late at night, like I had to think about that shit. I was like, I don't want to get stopped by a cop, dude. Like I just like it's like I'm I'm not gonna lie. Like I used to sweat bullets. Like when like uh, I only got stopped like once, and I was like sweating crazy. I didn't do anything wrong. I wasn't doing wrong. He literally stopped me because I used to break a lot when I drive. Like it was just something I, I my mom used to do, so I did it. He's like, oh, you were you're using your brakes a lot. And I was like, uh, yeah, like. <laughs> Forehead up, bro. Like, bro, relax. Yeah. You did fuck up your brakes. I did fuck up the brakes. I was was backing it up. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not a keyboard warrior by any stretch of the imagination. Every time something serious happens, I'm the type to shy away from it because it feels like every time you have an opinion, someone has some opposite to say of you and it's like no one can ever agree on anything so i figure it's best for me to just keep my opinions to myself and just it's better to stay out of it but when this shit happened bro it's like how how much longer can a nigga stay silent you know it's just like all this shit keeps happening and they expect you to just like it's another day in paradise if you're talking it's not you shut the fuck up so it's almost like like at a certain point you gotta speak your opinions and if you lose homies or people are against you at least you at least you got your opinion out there and you get people talking um i was listening to uh the joe rogan podcast yesterday and he had this dude uh daryl davis on who was actually a jazz musician who said he's converted like over 200 kkk members to just quit the kkk um and stop their hatred of african-americans um and like he was like speaking facts. So there was this one thing he said. I, I just want to read it real quick and see what y'all think about it. Mm-hmm. So he said, he said, ignorance breeds fear. We fear those things we don't understand. If you don't keep that fear in check, it'll escalate and breed hatred. We hate those things that frighten us. If you don't check that hatred, it will in turn escalate and breed destruction. We want to destroy those things we hate because they frighten us, but they may have been harmless but uh, we were just ignorant. So if you can cure ignorance, then essentially, hopefully, in theory, everything should be okay. So I just wanted to know what y'all think about that. You know what? I I really like that. And that's one of like the things that I've always kind of tried to like live with is the idea that like the only reason people hate is because they don't understand. And I know it's not exactly the same, but like, you know being a gay man i've always felt like this sense of responsibility to kind of like talk about my struggle a little bit and it's like no i don't pretend to be like you know the voice of my people per se but it's like if someone has a question i always feel obligated to answer because otherwise they'll make the answer up themselves and that could be far worse than what the truth is so it's like I feel like I have to speak up about issues like that. That's that's it's, an excellent it's, point. On it's that. really kind of like pulls it all back to like what Peach was saying originally when it comes back to the like to the person he was working with, and it's like sure these questions can be or they can feel like they're like I don't know like you're being like singled out, but it's those are questions that you inevitably have to answer 
because it's because yeah, you're right. People making up their answers to their 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 own answers to these questions are very problematic, and people live with, with those answers. They some people answer questions that are very complicated at like the age of like in their teens, and they live long lives where they think that they know the answer about something. And at that point, sometimes they're just they're they're too closed off to be for their mind to be changed. And that's problematic, that people think that they know the answers to questions that they don't know because they have never asked them. Like, if you're on the other side of that conversation, because we're talking about this now, but, you know, society's always advancing and changing, and people are discovering themselves in so many different ways. So I'm sure that, you know, we may end up on the other side, maybe not on a hateful spectrum, but I'm, I'm just saying, like, on the other side, maybe we're not so knowledgeable about a struggle and someone's trying to tell us about it um you know just remember to be open and listen because you know you you just you you want people to listen to your struggles so you just want to listen to someone else you may learn something about yourself through that you know it really comes down to knowing that you don't know everything like there are too many people who i think believe that they know everything and like like there are plenty of there are plenty of white men who will tell you how to how you should react to things that they have done to you and Mm -hmm. that's problematic like when you look around and you say and you're making this echo chamber notice that everyone in the echo chamber looks just like you and that should cause pause that should make you think why does everyone who's saying the same thing as me look just like me? It's probably because we all made up the same answer to this question and never once bothered to ask anyone who's actually affected. I really appreciate um, having this conversation with you guys, by the way. I definitely appreciate um, everyone sharing their thoughts because like these times is just, like, can we just agree to throw 2020 away? Oh, the trash, bro. 2020 is the worst crossover episode of shitty things that has ever existed. But you can't throw it away, because I feel like we're going through so much shit right now. It's, like, the best way to make a change. Like, if we don't do this right now, it's just going to be the same old bullshit going forward. Right. You know what this man's like, damn it. You son of a bitch, I'm in. We're going going through a a shitty-ass 2020 so that 2021 can... We can come through 2021 with a nice little rainbow after all this fucking rain. We're going to be able to go back to Bella Noches. Uh, back to Bella Noches. And you know what, this... you know what happened uh, like in January 2021, right? Possibly. What? Hopefully. What? I mean, that's when uh, that's when someone w- might be removed from office by then. Hopefully. Hey. You know, hey. we'll see. Yeah, that's we'll see what happens. Like, I know we just talked a bunch about like stuff like this, but I feel like we need to talk like for a minute about like it's good to get your thoughts out, but like not if if we don't talk about like what we can do about it. And I think that's one of the biggest ones to go and fucking vote. We can't keep complaining that there is a problem if there's no intention of doing anything about it. Vote the fucking man out of office. And all of his little cronies with him. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Get them just the fuck out of there. It's just like, it's like watching a powder keg. It's like, a problem's already huge. And huge. And you managed yeah. to, 
add more fuel to the fire. Like this is like nobody needs to hurt more about this, and you, you just can't help yourself. And that like we we spoke a lot about being open to hearing other people's pieces and understanding that you don't know everything. I don't think better example of someone who will not who is not open to understanding the plight of other people than one Donald J. Trump. So I agree. The best thing that we can do is vote. I think but it's I, so important. Like, but it goes far beyond that. Like, why do we have cops committing crimes, but then that same agency is the one that investigates the crimes that they're committing? It's like no one, like I don't go and rob a bank and then they ask me to do an investigation about myself. Right. That's asinine. Sir, could you look, can you look into this? It should be an independent investigation. <laughs> and I know a lot of plans are going on right now about defunding like, you know, their local police and putting it back into communities because half the times the cops that are patrolling these streets aren't, they don't actually even live there. It's like there's no connection, so that they it's, have they have no reason to not be aggressive because they don't know these people. Which They're like, not humans. Which, which again goes back to Paul's point about like about the the community. It feels as though it feels as though the police are there to protect and serve someone else, a different community other than the one that you are a part of at times. Like especially as a black man, it's like. It's like they're here to protect everyone else from you. You are a part of this community, but you're not really. You're not, mm -hmm. you don't need to be protected. Everyone else needs to be protected from you. And it's like, how does that make our, our, our a, a more cohesive community? How does that make it so that we're all integrated and we all feel like we're part of this? If everyone else needs to be protected from me. True, I agree with that. That's what yeah. further conversations it's are for everybody. Be the conversations aren't aren't one and done this is an ongoing process of healing and understanding that we have to go through so i'm ready for it if y'all yeah. don't take anything in this episode for one thing just listen that's all that's all we ask put your listening cap on if you've been able to put on this episode and listen and not just think of what you want to say like don't just start like Peach said earlier, don't listen for the sake of answering for having a retort that's snappy. Just listen. That's it. Mm -hmm. We're not asking for much. Yeah. Except for a couple dollars. You know what I mean? <laughs> Maybe a, sub a subscriber. Maybe a <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I can you subscribe. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, um, yeah, that does it for another episode of Between You and Me. Uh, follow us on the Twitters at Between the Letter U and Me too. Like the like um, Neo. And <laughs> now, honestly, go out. Don't if if you feel so inclined and you are able to go out, donate. And if regardless of whether or not you're able to, just vote. It's murder on my street, your street, back streets, Wall Street, corporate offices, banks, employees, and bosses with homicidal thoughts. Donald Trump's in office. We lost Barack and promised to never doubt him.